Well, there's more caution in the markets as we kick off a week dominated by central banks. We've got the US Fed, the Bank of England, the Bank of Japan, the Swiss National Bank, Riksbank, Bank, all meeting. But it's the Fed which has the markets a little on hold and a little cautious. Today, we'll look at what's flattening the yield curve in the United States, why retail numbers are so bad in the UK, or they were on Friday, uh, the concerns over Evergrande in China, who's got to cough up some money today, and the RBNZ. Could they really be getting ready for a half percent rate lift? It's Monday, the 20th of September, 2021. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Well, more falls in equities on Friday in the United States. The Nasdaq and the S&P down 0.9%. The Dow down half a percent. But in each case, they're down over the week, but not by much. It was an up and down kind of week last week, wasn't it? Uh, maybe it'll be more of the same this week. The US dollar rose a little more on Friday. In fact, up 0.7% in two days on the DXY. And not far off the year's high, actually. It was half a percent down on the Swiss franc on Friday. We saw a 0.4% fall in the euro and the pound. The Aussie dropped 0.2%, sitting at 70 2.8 US cents. Treasury yields rose two basis points on 10 years to 1.36%, almost a two-month high, a similar increase across Europe as well. Uh, at home, a four basis point rise in uh, Aussie government 10-year yields to 1.3%. New Zealand 10 years are up to 1.91%. And commodities down a 0.9% drop in WTI. Brent down 0.4%. Uh, but natural gas is the story, and the NYMEX is uh, down 4.3%. But that is still... 33% higher than this time last month, and uh, gas prices are creating problems in uh, in Europe and the UK. Uh, we'll come on to that perhaps today, but where next? Markets are certainly uh, cautious again, uh, like they were in spurts last week, despite short glimmers of optimism. Tapper Strickland is here today from NAB in Sydney. Uh, he's normally pretty optimistic, but you know there wasn't much news on Friday, was the data-wise. So how are we going to go this week, do you think? I mean, what's going to drive the mood? Because obviously we've got a few central bank meetings including the Fed this week. So that's going to be very influential in uh, in what direction we take, I would have thought. Uh, good morning, Phil. Yes, there wasn't too much in the way of significant market moves on Friday and really, you could say, treading water ahead of the FOMC this week. And this week, along with the FOMC, the other big uh, factor in terms of markets will be what is happening in China, especially with uh, mm. virus developments and uh, the Evergrande uh, possibility of explicit default. And I think those um, three risks are what's keeping markets relatively subdued at, at the moment. Um, casting our minds back to Friday, uh, the one significant piece of data that is worth noting is uh, US consumer sentiment. Um, it really yep. failed to bounce in any significant way. And although the consensus there wasn't really expecting too much of a bounce, um, it does suggest the sharp decline in consumer sentiment that we saw last month was was real. Uh, and so the headline consumer sentiment index was uh, 71 against uh, 72 expected. And that was only a small move up from uh, 70.3 last month. And the inflation expectation there remained pretty high as well, didn't it? Yes. 4.7% is the one-year read, 29 for the five years. Yeah so, um, yeah, so the short-run inflation expectations did move up. But importantly, that longer-run five- to 10-year uh, inflation expectation question was unchanged at 2.9%. So probably still uh, enables the Fed to say that inflation expectations are are anchored and are probably a little bit more consistent with their inflation target after having had inflation run well below target for quite some time. But the really interesting component was buying attitudes for household durables fell again uh, to a, a low that was reached only once before in 1980. 
Um, so, wow. um, it is that because like, prices are going up? Is this is this a bit of inflation? People are going, oh, well, if prices are going up, we'll hold off buying big items. Is that a chunk of it? So it's, it's unclear. So it may be that the short-term price impacts um, are mm. impacting on that. And one area that is clearly um, the case would be in automobiles, because obviously uh, the price of used cars has gone absolutely ballistic in the U.S., uh, and the second one is that the additional government payments um, have pretty much um, halted now. Um, so people are pretty much uh, standing on their own two feet in terms of uh, household income support now. So maybe those yeah. two factors uh, are at play there. And I guess for the near term outlook, if consumers are reacting to that rise in inflation, if they see it as trend, transitory, then they may hold off purchases um, until those prices start to normalize as supply chain disruptions ease. Um, alternatively, if they view it as a more permanent in- increase, um, then that would be a more problematic event for the Fed. And then uh, finally, um, consumers may be just seeing so much uncertainty out there that they may actually choose to hold higher levels of savings as, as well. So um, I think that, that data was really interesting and uh, probably um, mm. cast a little bit of more of a question around the consumer, uh, even though we had that better than expected U- um, US retail sales mm. last week. And you've got to assume that COVID is a, a, creating some of this caution as well, because if you look at the uh, the fatality rate, for example, like, compare the UK with the US. So the UK had a seven-day average fatality rate of 143 deaths per day, which sounds pretty high you know, for people in a Australia, but if you compare that with the United States, it's the daily average is almost sixteen hundred. Uh, so you know uh, the vaccination rate is lower in the United States as well, which goes a long way to explaining that. But that would explain why there's there's going to be some caution, why people aren't so keen to go shopping, for example. Uh, yes, and I guess the key message that we do know is vaccines work and it's all about trying to lift that vaccination rate um, high enough and bringing it back closer to Australia. It's very encouraging that uh, New South Wales will hit its 70% adult vaccination target by uh, October 10 and it's likely that Victoria will hit theirs uh, towards the end of of October. So uh, it looks like uh, Australia will start to transition to living with the virus in the next few weeks. Yeah, amazing progress, isn't it? Just back to the Fed very quickly. I mean, there is is a belief that they're not going to say anything about tapering this meeting. They're going to leave it off till uh, till November. Is that the way you see it? Uh, so I think with the Fed, there's uh, three key things that markets will be looking at. And the first one is, uh, as you're noting, will that tapering decision be made at this meeting or be left until November or December? And we at NAV think it will be left until uh, November or December. There's no real urgency to, to, to taper, just given the job slowdown that we did see in, in August. Uh, and so I think uh, markets will be waiting uh, until um, that pace of jobs growth does start to pick, pick back up. And so I think waiting until November or December makes sense and the consensus is also suggestive that the FOMC will wait until November to uh, announce a formal taper. Uh, the second thing that markets will be looking at, does the new dot plot show a 2022 hike being penciled in? And if you cast your mind back to the June FOMC meeting, 7 out of 18 Fed officials had penciled in a hike for 2022 back in June so it only re- really requires 2 to 3 people to shift their dots and here the market is very split and so I think this is the reason why markets have been treading water ahead of the FOMC meeting is there's a very good chance um, that that um, the dot plot does shift towards indicating a hike in the back end of uh, 2022. And then the third thing markets will be looking at is with the Fed dot plot, we also get 2024 forecast now. So this will give us some indication of how steep the hiking cycle is. So will the Fed start to normalize policy uh, hiking once every meeting or once once every quarter? Um, and the consensus there is that the Fed hikes um, four times in uh, 20, 
2024. So uh, a relatively moderate um, hiking cycle, you'd have to say, compared to prior hiking cycles out there. But if uh, the 2024 dot plot shows a more steeper path, uh, then obviously that could have some potential implications. So even though the Fed probably won't taper at this meeting, you can still get hawkish undertones coming from the dot plot. A lot can happen, of course, kind of between now and uh, in a few years' time. But what about uh, yield curves then? Because they are flattening, aren't they? If you look between uh, five and 30 years, 103 basis points between them, that's sort of coming in about nine basis points in in the last week. Uh, and if you, and at that 30-year yield, you know, it was, uh, well, end of July, it was uh, sort of before that, it was consistently well over 2%. That's come well down. Uh, yes, and I think that curve, curve flattening tells a very interesting story. And uh, I think for my mind, he's telling you uh, two things. So one, um, markets are thinking that the Fed will more likely hike rates um, mm. sometime in the next couple of years. And so you've seen the, the yield curve on the five-year bond, which is very highly sensitive to rate moves, uh, starting to lift. Uh, and then with that, um, does that bring the peak in the Fed funds rate closer? And so you've seen 30-year yields start to fall on the back of that, saying that the Fed might move a little bit aggressively. And within markets, at least, uh, still that view that uh, inflation or the lift in inflation will prove to be transitory. And then the other factor there is a lot of people had in play a steepener um, uh, trade, and so they've been stopped out just as that curve has flattened, and that has definitely exacerbated moves. And um, if the Fed um, does move towards a more hawkish tilt on uh, Wednesday, and then you could probably see that 5.30s curve flatten further. Now, what about this big bounce back that Andrew Bailey had been predicting for the UK earlier in the year? It doesn't seem to be happening, does it? So we had the uh, retail figures uh, in on Friday for August. Shops are open, but retail sales month on month down 0.9%. Even worse, if you take fuel out of the equation, they had a 1.2% drop just when they were expected to uh, to be growing. So this is a big surprise, isn't it? And, it? and it is very different to the rise we saw in the United States last week, even though, as we were saying, you know, you've got more people vaccinated in the UK. Yeah, it is a little bit problematic there. Um, I guess the two things to note there is even though uh, retail sales fell in, in August, the absolute level of retail sales are 4.6% higher than they were in February 2020. And we've been noting on the morning call for quite some time that you'd have to expect as things start to normalise um, that the level of retail mm. sales would, would have to fall as people start to pivot their activity to other forms of spending. Um, and I think that... I think it's supply supply uh, constraints as well was part of it, wasn't it? Because 6.5% of retail businesses said they couldn't get the materials, goods or services they needed. So I think that was a chunk of it. Oh, yeah, yes, yes. But in a more thematic sense, you'd, you'd expect the uh, retail sales volumes to start to fall. And then the other factor that did in, mm. did weigh on, on, on the month was a fall in food store sales. And that was attributed to um, the Euro 2020 football championships that were in the prior month. So um, a little bit of normalization in terms of the uh, elevated level of demand. The other crisis, of course, that they face in, uh, in the UK and much of Europe are these soaring gas prices. So year to date, European natural gas prices prices have climbed over 280 percent there's a lot of flow-on effects from this because we've already seen two energy companies in the uk going bankrupt uh, last week energy prices might get higher as winter approaches fertilizer production stalled so that's affecting agriculture carbon dioxide is a byproduct of uh, fertilizer so beer and fizzy drinks are going to be in short supply and uh, carbon dioxide is used to stun animals uh, before slaughter so meat production could be impacted. So that's going to be one to watch to see whether those uh, those prices uh, become normalised. Meanwhile, uh, commodity prices are going the other way. I mean, iron ore now below $100 a tonne. Uh, yes, the, um, the movement in commodity prices has been absolutely 
startling, especially um, iron ore, which I think fell 20% last week and really driven by uh, three things there. So the uh, steel production curbs, uh, just given the authorities are trying to reduce uh, pollution levels ahead of the Winter Olympics and ahead of uh, national public holidays as well. Um, There's also uh, the talk about the Chinese property developer Evergrande and uh, whether that will um, effectively default on its debt obligations and most people are thinking that that it will which is this week isn't it it's got it's got a got a cough up cash this week yes that's right it has interest payments on bank loans due on monday and interest payments on two bonds due on thursday and um, Mm. the uh, housing regulators in china have already told the banks um, that not to expect interest payments on monday so an effective default if there ever was one Um, and then um, those interest so could there be contagious for that some people are calling it china's China's Lehman Brothers could it spread further in the in the property sector? Well, I, I guess the problem is we exactly don't have too much clarity in terms of who owes who who owns the debt. I guess in that respect, yeah. so yeah. so while you can't rule that out, um, it's 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 unlikely. And the key reason is the Chinese Central Authority um, wants to maintain social stability. And so you'd expect mm. them to to try and um, send send in the kind of restructuring teams that are needed uh, in order to make an orderly restructuring occur. But the more important thing is uh, the uncertainty around this is spilling over to the other listed Chinese uh, property developers. And as well, uh, if you've got restructuring occurring in Evergrande and potentially spillovers to the other listed property developers, then what does that do to Housing Act? And so does that slow the pace of construction that is occurring in China? And that's one of the reasons why the iron ore price has fallen. And then the third one is uh, China's COVID zero policy. Um, you, mm, yeah. You're still seeing 43 new locally transmitted cases in Fujian province on Saturday. So, mm. And that also comes ahead of those uh, national public holidays that I think start from Tuesday uh, this week. Right. Now, very quickly before we go on, Friday, New Zealand's PMI went back into contraction because they've got a lockdown. Uh, so no surprise there. Read a 40.1 seasonally adjusted, which is 22.1 points lower than it was in July. I guess the good news was the employment uh, stayed over 50. So they're keeping their jobs, which is a sign that... You know, things should bounce back fairly quickly. Oh, definitely. And on the back of that, we'll be looking quite closely at a speech. I think it's coming out at 9 a.m. tomorrow by the RBNZ's Assistant Governor, Christian um, Haw- um, um, Hawkesbury, who's speaking on a least regrets approach to, to policy. And he did note uh, after the uh, policy meeting um, last month that um, they, they had actively considered a 50 basis point hike, um, but decided not to, just given the optics of hiking with the country going into lockdown. Um, so you'd have to say with virus cases starting to ease um, that the chances of mm. uh, more than 25 basis point hike occurring is probably a little bit higher. And when you do look at market pricing there, um, you're seeing um, markets starting to price in a 40% chance of a 50 basis point increase for October. Wow. So um, if um, Hawkesbury's comments do turn out to be on the hawkish side, then you'd expect markets to build a little bit more on that. Perhaps. Okay, well, that's tomorrow. after tomorrow morning's podcast. We'll, he'll be giving that speech. We've got the uh, general election in Canada coming up as well, but then we'll leave it there for now. Good to talk, Tapas. Catch you very soon. Cheers. And Thanks, that Phil. is the morning call for this Monday morning. I'm Phil Dobby for now. See you tomorrow.